What a privilege it is to be back in the book of Colossians with you this morning. If you would turn in your Bible to Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, as we continue our journey through this wonderful book. And let me just say again, in case uh, you may have stepped in a little late, if you are a child, teenager, or elementary age child, we have a special handout for each of you in the back at the Connection Center. So if you didn't get one of those, please go grab one and have one of those because we are dealing with the Christian family and specifically today, God's instruction for children. You know, having children is a wonderful and revealing experience, isn't it, parents? You know, from the moment a child is born, parents feel an an immediate responsibility to, to provide for that child, to care for that child, to protect that child. We wanna protect them obviously from physical harm and so we, we buy all of the necessary safety items of the day, the car seats and the, the strollers and the baby monitors and the, the high chairs and all of the things that we need. We, we plug up the outlets in our home and maybe you put those little frustrating things on your cabinets that, so they can't open them. Maybe you even get a home security system for the first time because we really want to care for our kids. Then, of course, as our kids grow older, as Christian parents, we want to protect them not only from the physical dangers, but the spiritual dangers that exist in our culture. Our culture, of course, is constantly bombarding our kids, trying to to teach them things and show them things that are against God's design. And so we have to have filters on our devices and passwords to keep them safe from the dangers of the Internet and things like that. But the scriptures reveal that there is a lurking danger that threatens the physical and spiritual well-being of our children that often lies under the surface. And as we're busy shepherding and warning our kids of all the external temptations and dangers that they will face, there is one fundamental danger that's so critical that if neglected, it will lead to the destruction of both their temporal and eternal lives. That danger is the danger of cultivating a heart of rebellion against authority. A spirit of self-autonomy that tempts our children to falsely believe that they are the masters of their own destiny and they are accountable only to themselves will destroy them in both this life and the next. But thankfully, our wise and good God who created us knows that reality more deeply than we do. And so he has built into the family framework a mechanism to teach our children that there are blessings that come with obedience and that there are consequences that come with disobedience. If you're here this morning and you are a child living under the roof of your parents, then this message specifically applies to you. Because of that, we have that handout and some pins to help you pay attention because the things that we're going to go over are crucially important for you to understand from the earliest age all the way through into your adult life. The truth is the Bible's full of commands that apply to all of us at at every stage of life. But as we've seen over the last few weeks, the Bible also at times gives specific commands to different people in different circumstances or life stages. For example, we've seen specific commands to husbands and to wives, and now we see specific commands to children. Of course, it's important for us to understand and appreciate and respect the commands of Scripture on the whole, but it's it's special when the Scriptures give us a command that's 
tailored for our stage in life as we have this morning. But while this message is most specifically applied to children living in the home under their parents' authority, make no mistake about it, there are principles and implications of this text that apply to all of us, regardless of what life stage that we are in. I know many of you adults still have your parents, or at least one of them, that is living. And so there are implications for how we as adults are to respond to our our parents, and, and even issues of understanding authority in general and how God would have us think about authority and respond to authority are helpful for each of us, regardless of what life stage we are in. So while we'll focus the bulk of our attention on the, the kids that are here today, there is much to glean for us, no matter what life stage we find ourselves in. Now, just for the sake of context, let's go back to verse 18 in Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to read this entire section. So the section begins in verse 18 and runs down through verse 1 of chapter 4. Colossians 3.18. It says, Wives, be subject to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Do not be embittered against them. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart. Slaves, in all things, obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. For he who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong which he has done, and that without partiality. Masters, grant to your slaves justice and fairness, knowing that you too have a master in heaven. Now remember that we've already begun this section looking at the the three primary relationships that were commonly found in a home at this time period that Paul is writing to. We've looked at the primary human relationship, which is husbands and wives. Now we'll look beginning today at children and their parents, and then finally slaves and masters, which was a common part of that culture at the time. We also have already noted that Paul specifically arranges these verses so that he first begins with the the one under authority in that relationship and then the one who's been delegated authority. So he begins with wives and then husbands, and now he's moving to the, the parental relationship, and so he begins with children. These are the primary relationships of home life. But specifically, we're looking at verse 20. So look back with me at verse 20 where Paul says, Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Here's our theme for this morning. This This is this text in a nutshell. It says, Children are called to willingly obey their parents in honor of Christ. Children are called to willingly obey their parents in honor of Christ. Now, what we're going to see is that Paul follows the exact same pattern here as he did when he was speaking to wives back in verse 18. He gives us a command and then the motivation for that command. So let's just follow his pattern together. Here's the command that he gives to children who are living under the authority of their parents in the home. It's simple. Obey your parents. Obey your parents. 
children, he begins. Now, when he says children, because of the context and the fact that Paul is dealing with home life, we can assume that he's dealing with children living under the roof of their parents. This is not adult children who are out on their own or who are married, but this is those children still depending upon their parents. They are dependents living in the home. And so if you are a child living in your parents' home today and listening to me, this command applies to you. Paul says very simply, children, obey your parents. Now, on the surface, that's a really easy command to understand. The word obey is a present active command. What that means is this is to be continual in the life of every child. This is how you are day in and day out to respond to your parents. And because it's an active command, that means you're going to have to put forth effort. You're going to have to work at it, continually giving your effort as a child to obey your parents. Now, if you're a child in this room or if you ever have been one, then you know that sometimes it's difficult to obey our parents. Anybody want to agree with that? Sometimes it's difficult. Adults, you can agree with that. You've been children before. It's not always easy to obey our parents. And that's why Paul gives this command in such a way that it emphasizes that you're going to have to work. It's an active command. You're going to have to try. This is not going to come easy to do this. The word obey defined is to follow instructions. To follow instructions, it means to obey, to follow, to be subject to. And so, kids, this verse is really simple. Here's what it means. When your parents ask you to do something, you do it. And if your parents ask you not to do something, you don't do it. Very simple to understand. But maybe some kids, particularly our older kids, are wondering, yeah, but what scenarios exactly is he talking about? I mean, I get it. But when do we do that? We'll look back at the text. What does he say? Children, be, be obedient to your parents in all things. In all things. What that means is in everything. In, in every area of life, God has delegated to parents a responsibility. And that responsibility is to raise their children in a way that honors the Lord, that protects and provides for their children, and that trains them to one day leave the house so that they have the, the necessary tools and resources to one day be an adult on their own. To do that, kids, God has given authority to your parents in order to raise you in a way that pleases him. So that word or that phrase, in all things, let me give you a, a few things that that applies to. Things like when you go to bed and when you wake up. Things like what you're going to eat when you're going to eat, and how much you're going to eat, the, what kind of clothes you're going to wear, what kind of entertainment you're going to be allowed to watch or be involved with, what kind of friends you're going to be allowed to spend time with, older kids, even when it comes time to think about dating, when you're going to be allowed to do that, and what kind of person you're going to be allowed to date. What kind of chores are you going to have in the house, and what kind of schooling model is your family going to use? That's just a short list of the types of things. When he says all things, he means all things. All things. We could go on and on. Now, here is the caveat. Okay, here's the exception. This is the same exception that applies to every passage in the Bible that deals with authority. 
Because we have God as our ultimate authority, the only time that we can disobey the, author the human authorities in our life is when that human authority tells you to do something that God has already said not to do. So if your parents were to command you to do something that God has said in the Bible, don't do that, then you're free to disobey. Or if they tell you not to do something that God has said you must do, then you're free to disobey. Outside of that, all things. Obey them in all things. Now, one other caveat I want to mention is God has not given parents the right to physically abuse their children. Notice I didn't say spank. The Bible talks about spanking. We'll talk about that next week. I'm talking about physical abuse. The Bible does not allow for that kind of leadership. And so, children, listen to me. If you are in a situation where you are legitimately being physically abused, you find another adult that you trust and you tell them. If you don't have another adult, you can come talk to me anytime. But those are the caveats. So That is doing something that God has said not to do or in legitimate cases of abuse. Now, notice he says children are to be obedient to who? What does it say, kids? Be obedient to who? Somebody tell me. To your parents. Notice it says to your parents. You see that? Does it say children be obedient to parents? It says to your parents. Now, it's important for you to understand because while the Bible does give all of us general commands about how we're to treat all people, that we're to be respectful to all people and love all people, what Paul is commanding you here to do is not to be obedient to every adult that you see walking by, but specifically you're to obey all things that your parents ask you to do. Now, sometimes your parents may leave you in the care of someone else on purpose, a babysitter, a family member, a friend, a teacher, and in that case, you're to obey whoever it is that they've put in charge because they've chosen to do that. That's still obeying your parents. But the idea here is to obey your parents. Now, as you get older, as a child, you will likely spend more and more times with your friends, maybe going to their house or having them come to your house. And the temptation for every child is to look at the home situation of their friends and the friends, things that their friends have and begin to compare that to their home situation. The rules that this friend's parents have and the rules that their parents have, they begin to compare those and, and sometimes they get upset because their friends are allowed to do things that they're not allowed to do. I think every child has probably made an argument like this at least once in their life. Yeah, but mom and dad, Johnny's parents let him do such and such, right? I think every person in here has probably made a similar argument. Take Johnny's name out and put your friend's name in there. He gets to ride his bike around the block by himself, or he gets to watch that show or play that video game, or, or he gets to stay up until such and such a time, or, or, or he gets to drive after dark for some of you older kids, or, or, or she gets to wear those kinds of shorts or that kind of shirt, and I don't get to do that, so that's not fair, right? That's the argument that we typically make. And understand, kids, this is really important. It's right there at that moment when you're tempted to think that's not fair, that God is wanting to teach you something. This is one of the lessons that God has for you in this time of being under authority. 
And what he wants you to understand is two things, that God is sovereign. That's a big word, sovereign. He's in complete control over everything. That's what sovereign means. And a second thing is that God is good. He is good. At the same time, he's fully in control, and he's completely good. Remember it said to obey your parents? Kids, how much control did you have over the family that you were born or adopted into? Zero. You just showed up there. You're just there. But that does not mean that that happened by random chance. God sovereignly placed you, either by birth or adoption, under your parents. God did that. That was God's choice. And what else do we say about God? God is good. That means that God does not do things haphazardly or just, just because he does them for, on purpose to accomplish good things. The Bible says in Psalm 115.3, but our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. What that means is he's in control. He's on his throne and he does it just like he wants to do it. But not only that, Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generation. Listen, God knows all the strengths and weaknesses that your parents have better than you do. And God knows all of your strengths and weaknesses better than you do. And God said in his sovereignty and in his goodness that it would be best for you to have the parents that you have. That's God's will for your life. Your response then is to learn to trust him and willingly obey him. And some of the adults in the room can testify that that's a lesson that we learn in life stage after life stage after life stage that God is in control and God is good. And that means that I need to trust him and I need to obey him. But I want you to understand, kids, that this idea of obeying your parents is really important to God. We see this all throughout the Bible. I'm going to show you an, an example in the Old Testament. How many of you kids have ever heard of the Ten Commandments? Anybody ever heard of those? In Exodus chapter 20, we have the Ten Commandments. And listen to this. This is the fifth commandment. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Honor your father and your mother. Notice it. He uses a different word there. This is Moses given the, the law by God. And he says, instead of obey, he says honor. Now, Honor certainly implies the idea of obeying, but it means something more than just obedience. It adds the idea of your attitude. Your attitude towards your parents matters to God. Not just physically doing what, what they say, but the way you think about them, the way you speak to them and about them matters to God. That's honoring God. It's doing the right thing with the right heart in a way that shows them the respect that God has, has given to them as your parents. In fact, listen to this, kids. God took this so seriously in the Old Testament that the, the penalty for extreme disrespect of parents in the Old Testament was death. 
Listen to Exodus 21, 17. He who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Leviticus 20, verse 9. If there's anyone who curses his father or his mother, he shall surely be put to death. He's cursed his father and his, or his mother. His blood guiltiness is upon him. Now, I don't say that to scare you. I'm saying that so that you understand this really matters to God. God cares about how you treat your parents and how you even think about them and speak to them. He says, honor your parents. This is a commandment given by God that never expires. It is true that once you become an adult and either get married or move out and become an independent adult in your own household supporting yourself, that you no longer have to obey your parents in the same way that's being commanded here. That's true. But this command to honor your father and mother goes on for life. If you're an adult here and you still have living parents, this command still applies to you. And so let me take a pause on the kids for just a moment and talk to some of you adults and ask you this. Can you honestly say that you honor your parents? Whatever life stage you're in, if they're still living, do you honor them in the way that you speak to them and about them? Do you show genuine love and care for them? As they age and need more assistance, are you willing to sacrificially give of your time and resources to provide the care that they need? And if your parents are beginning to lose their cognitive functions, do you work hard to treat them with honor and respect and kindness even when they're no longer acting like themselves? Some of you know the painfulness of those times. This command, honor your father and mother, it lasts all the way until the Lord brings them home. We never grow out of the command to honor our parents. In fact, this is a commandment given by God that comes with a promise in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, did you see that the second half of that verse, it said, honor your father and mother that, here's the result, your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Now, in context, remember, God had promised to the Israelites that if they would obey this, this covenant and, and, and obey the commands, that they would live long in the land, the promised land, showed that they were, they were God's people and that they were living in God's will. And if they disobeyed, God said, I'm going to take you out of the land. Well, the New Testament reveals that there is part of that promise that even applies in principle to us today. Let's look now at the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. We've been going back and forth between Colossians and Ephesians a lot in this study because they parallel one another. We have another parallel passage here. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then notice, he's going to quote the passage we just read from in the Old Testament. Verse 2, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. This is the exact same command and promise that we read in Exodus chapter 20. And there's a principle here. We're not Israel, and we don't live in the promised land, although Texas is nice. But it's not the promised land, right? Some may disagree with that. But, but the principle is, by, by obeying this command, by honoring our father and our mother, 
the wisdom principles of the Proverbs start to come into play. What he's saying is generally, if you live a respectful life, understanding authority and obeying authority, it's going to go well with you. Your life is going to go well because you're living with wisdom. Harold Honer says it this way, in the end, the same general Old Testament principle can be applied to the New Testament, namely that obeying and honoring father and mother will bring well-being and a long life on earth. Again, there are going to be exceptions to the rule, but the general principle holds. Children who have obeyed and honored their parents are more likely to lead disciplined lives, and the natural odds are for a balanced and long life. As I said earlier, this matches the the wisdom principles of the Proverbs. And what I want you to understand is that there are some temporal results of obedience. That means in this life, things that we experience, the Bible says, that are good when we obey. Listen to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20. It says, My son, observe the commandment of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Bind them, that's like to tie them, bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk to you. Understand, there are temporal, in this life, blessings that come from obedience. It says if you listen to your parents, you obey them, and you take their words to heart, it's going to guide you. It's going to lead you in the right way. But there are also consequences for disobedience in this life. Listen to some other Proverbs. Proverbs 15, 5 says, A fool rejects his father's discipline, but he who regards reproof is sensible. Proverbs 19, 13 says, A foolish son is destruction to his father. Understand that the fool in the Proverbs refers to a person who is godless. That is, they think like the world and they act like the world, doing what they want to do instead of what God has said in the scriptures. They don't live by the wisdom of the Bible. And the Bible says that foolishness leads them to destruction. Understand, kids, this morning that refusing to obey and honor your parents is the way of the fool. It's the way of the fool of the Proverbs. And if you choose to live in rebellion against your parents, then you will reap the consequences of that decision in this earthly life. Because here's the thing, there will be other authorities in your life, even as an adult. And if you refuse to learn submission to your parents, who are the most obvious and basic authorities in your life, then you will also sinfully rebel against other authorities in your adult life and reap even bigger consequences. This is why prisons are full of prisoners, and it's why some adults can't hold a job in their adult life because they refuse to submit to any boss. They will not be ruled. So they continue to ruin their lives because of their rebellion against authority. And here's the thing, kids, listen to this. The fool ruins his life by his own choices, and who do you think he blames for the destruction that comes? The proverb says this, Proverbs 19.3, The foolishness of man ruins his way, and his heart rages against the Lord. His heart rages against the Lord. The fool ruins his life by his own choices, but when he reaps the consequences of those choices, he doesn't say, oh, what have I done? He says, God, what have you done to me? You see, 
failing to understand authority has serious consequences in this life. But here's, here's the thing. There's something way more important than that. It is true that if you live in, in submission to authority in your life, it will go well with you. But, but the temporal consequences of obedience are not the point. There's something far greater than that because your obedience to your parents is really about your relationship with God. That is the big issue. That brings us to the second half of this verse and the motivation. Not just the command, but the motivation. And Paul says the motivation is the honor of Christ. Remember, a motivation is something that, that makes you want to do something. The motivation here for obeying your parents, Paul says, is the honor of Christ. Look back at verse 20. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for The word for there means here's why, here's the reason. For this is well-pleasing to the Lord. For this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Simply put, God is pleased or honored when you obey his command to obey your parents. And this is really important because it helps us understand that obeying your parents, kids, is not really about your parents First and foremost, obeying your parents is about obeying God. The reason that, that God hates it so much that in the Old Testament that a, a child who was really rebellious would reap the consequences of death is because ultimately that child's rebelling against God himself. This is the motivation, the honor of Christ. Listen, it doesn't matter if you think your parents are too strict or too loose in their rules. Regardless of their level of faithfulness in their role as parents, you are still called to obey them as an act of obedience to God. If you don't hear anything else, kids, hear that. Your obedience to your parents is really about obeying God himself. This is why it matters so much. And here's the thing. The primary reason, if you're wondering why, I mean, why does God care so much if I obey my parents? Here's the primary lesson he wants you to learn. This is why you're under their authority from the time of birth until you leave their home. It's because he wants you to understand that you are always under authority and not just their authority, but God's authority. The authority structure in the home is meant to reinforce for a child from their earliest days that they are accountable accountable to God himself. Understand, kids, that being accountable to something means that if there's an authority in your life and you disobey, that there are consequences for disobedience. That's why in your home, hopefully when you disobey, your parents have a consequence that comes with that disobedience because it teaches you a really important lesson. When we disobey our parents, we also disobey God and we have consequences not just from our parents, but from God himself. Parents, we'll talk about parenting next week, but just as a side note, this is why it's so important that when we discipline our children for disobeying, that we don't just talk about what they did against us, but we point them to the fact that they have sinned against God. That ultimately is the point. Kids, understand that while it says here positively that when we obey our parents, it pleases the Lord, the opposite is also true. 
If it pleases God when we obey, then it displeases God when we don't obey. The Bible says that when we disobey something that God has commanded, that is called sin. It's called sin. To commit a sin is to do something that God has said not to do or not to do something God has said we must do. So, kids, have you ever disobeyed your parents? Yeah, you have. And they're here, they know, okay, and they can testify. Of course you have. Every single person in the room, even your parents, have disobeyed their parents. We are, therefore, sinners. We've all committed that sin and many others. But specifically, we've all disobeyed our parents at least once a day. (laughs) And therefore, we are sinners. We've broken God's commandments. And the Bible says that there are consequences, not just in this life, but eternal. That means forever consequences for sin. In Romans 6.23, the beginning of that verse, it says, For the wages, that is what you get paid, what you earn for sin is death. But not just death in this life. The Bible reveals that when we sin against God, there's spiritual death. We're separated from God. There's this this gulf between us because God is holy. He's never sinned. He's perfect. But we're sinners. And so we we can't come to him on our own. You might be wondering, well, if if I'm a sinner and I deserve God's punishment for my sin, what can I do? Do I just be nicer? Can I obey my parents more? I'll start today. I'll obey them more. And then maybe God will forgive me. The Bible says there's actually nothing that you can do. There's nothing you can do to fix your relationship with God. But there is something that God himself has done. And this is the hope that we have. This is the hope. That for every person who understands who Jesus is, that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, who was God and man in one person, to live a perfect life. That means he obeyed his parents every single time. In fact, the only story that we have from Jesus' later years as a child is him obeying his parents as he submitted to his parents. They lost him. They couldn't find him. And when they find him, it says he went with them willingly and continued to submit to them. We see that Jesus, even as an older, he was probably 12, older child, still submitting to his parents perfectly. And you know what? Jesus offered his perfect life as a sacrifice on the cross to pay for the sins of his people. That punishment that we all deserve, Jesus said, I will pay it. I will pay the punishment that they deserve by dying on the cross for them. And then God raised him from the dead three days later, which proved that he really was God and that God had accepted his sacrifice for sin. And kids, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, if you will repent of your sin, that is, be willing to turn from your sin and follow Jesus, and to believe in your heart that he really is who he said he was, and that he's your only hope of salvation, that you will be saved. You'll be forgiven of your sin, and Jesus' punishment will be given to you, that he paid for it, so you don't have to pay for it. What he did will be applied to you. Listen to John 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Kids, that's the primary lesson that God wants you to learn from this command to obey your parents. The truth is, you will never obey your parents perfectly. Not one of us other than Jesus has ever done that. But if you will turn to Jesus in repentance and faith, you can be forgiven of your sins. Kids, if you have more questions about that, ask your mom and dad after church about how you can be made right with God. And they'll talk with you about those things and explain that further. But that ultimately is what we're to learn from this idea of obeying our parents. Now, I know some of you are older children teenagers perhaps who have already come to true faith in Christ you've repented of your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ and so if you're a believer here for this morning I want to talk to you specifically for a moment because there's another important implication for you to understand if you've been here over the last couple of weeks you know that we have talked about how wives have an opportunity to display the character of Jesus as they fulfill their role and that husbands have the opportunity to display the character of Jesus and the gospel as they fulfill their role in the home. What I want you to understand, kids, is that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then you too have an opportunity to display the character of Christ and the impact of the gospel on a heart as you fulfill your role in the home. That's because rebellion against parental authority has always been one of the fruits of a heart of rebellion against God. In fact, listen to this. The Bible says that one of the the telltale signs of a culture that's in rebellion against God is disobedience to parents. You realize that? Listen to this, 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. He says, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they've denied its power. Avoid such men as these. We have another list in Romans chapter 1, verse 30, Uh, But in verse 28, it says, And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. And then he goes on to give another long list. And in verse 30, he lists disobedience to parents. This is the point that I'm making. When a culture rebels against God collectively, it results in all kinds of ugly sins. One of them is disobedience to parents as the norm in that culture. Listen, kids, our fallen world will tell you through movies and music and popular culture that one of the dumbest things you can do is submit to your parents. The world will tell you to just be yourself and don't you let anybody stand in your way, especially not your mom and dad. In fact, some states in our country are already making laws so that children can make life-altering decisions without their parents' consent. I just learned this last week that in Seattle, Washington, when a child turns 13, 
13, parents legally lose the right to their medical records unless the child signs that they have permission. So they can pursue things like abortions, other things, without the parent ever being aware. What is that about? Why are, are we being bombarded in our culture through entertainment and even the legal system with pressure for children to throw off authority to their parents? Why is that? Paul says it's because disobedience to parents is one of the telltale signs of a godless culture. The world is fallen. And so this is one of the symptoms of the world we live in. And so listen to me, young people. This is the point. If you're a Christian... If, you're, if you've already come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and you're still living in the home under your parents' authority, understand that the Holy Spirit's at work inside of you to sanctify you, to make you more like Jesus Christ. And that will show up in your home as you willfully and joyfully obey your parents. And let me tell you something. That can have a huge impact on the people in your home. When you have guests in your home and they see a, a young person, especially a teenager, lovingly, willfully, humbly obeying their parents, it has an impact. And you have an opportunity to say, it's not because of me. It's not even because of my parents. It's because of what God has done in me. You have a chance, young person, to display the gospel of Jesus Christ through your relationship with your parents. Don't you see this is bigger than just wearing what you want to wear and staying up till you want to stay up and eating what you want to eat. This is about honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you can learn that lesson, then it will transform the way you see all of life. And in your adult life, suddenly you will see opportunities to serve Christ rather than just ways in which you personally are being held down or don't have what you want and so on and so forth. If you're in Christ, the more difficult it is to obey your parents, the more your obedience will be a testimony of the gospel. So don't buy into the lie of our culture that says obeying your parents is dumb or oppressive Trust the wisdom of God's design. Follow the way of the wise man and not the fool. And trust that God's ways are better. Now as we bring this to a close, I want to draw your attention to two simple applications. Number one is obvious. Honor and obey your parents. Honor and obey your parents. I want you to take some time, kids, this week and Really evaluate, think about your relationship with your parents. Can you honestly say that you obey your parents as a, as a pattern of life respectfully with joy? Or do you simply do the, the bare minimum to avoid the consequences of disobedience? Understand that God sees all of us as individuals, and we are accountable to him as individuals, even as children. God knows your heart. He knows the truth of your, about your thoughts and your words towards your parents and about your parents. Remember that obeying your parents is really not about them first and foremost. It's about God. And if you're here this morning and you realize as a child that, that really you have been living in rebellion and disobedience to your parents, what should you do? Go to them first and ask for their forgiveness. And then secondly, repent and believe the gospel. This is the second application. Submission to authority for all of us, kid or not, is difficult because we're sinners. And the only way that any of us will be able to grow in submission to authority with joy and humility 
is by the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts. And so especially for you older kids, teens and older kids, I want you to evaluate your spiritual life. Do you really know and love the Lord Jesus Christ? Does your life reflect that? Does your relationship with your parents reflect that you know and love Jesus Christ by the way you speak to them, by the way you obey them, by the way that you think even about them? The only hope that any of us have of overcoming any sin in our life is the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So kids, if you realize you don't know him today, turn to him in faith and repentance. I'll be in the back. I'd love to talk with with any of you if you have any kind of spiritual need, but especially want to talk about the gospel, I would love to do that. Come and see me after the service.